Here we are, week two of What Do You Believe About the Church? It's great to see all of you here. Y'all doing all right? Y'all making it? Everybody staying sane, staying healthy as much as possible right now in this season of America? Come on, y'all, right? This, this year um, has been insane. Well, I was saying yesterday, uh, I'm going to talk here in a second about a freedom conference, but we had our freedom conference yesterday, and I was wrapping up, and I said, you know, man, we're, we're getting close to the end of 2020, and um, come on, can't you just... 21 can't get any worse, right? Everybody's like, don't say it. It's like, like knock on wood or something, right? But, uh, but no, we're looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to Christmas. Come on. I th- we just skip right over Thanksgiving nowadays, right? How many of you already have a Christmas tree up in your house right now? What do you, I mean, <laughs> she does, not you. Like, <laughs> it's her doing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to like Thanksgiving, but it doesn't really get celebrated much anymore. Uh, but uh, I know it's kind of sad. It's a, it's a left, left out holiday, but uh, but looking forward to Christmas and we got some special, special things planned for Christmas. I want to let you know right now that we are going to be having a Christmas Eve service here at Northwood Church. And so, so if you're going to be here in this area, maybe you're not leaving for the holidays or maybe you got some family coming into town, you can go ahead and plan on Christmas Eve. We're going to be gathering together and it's going to be a, it's going to be a wonderful time. So, uh, but also I do want to take a couple of minutes and, and let you know about a couple of things. First of all, yesterday we wrapped up our Freedom Small Group semester with our Freedom Conference right here in Gulfport. All three, four locations actually came together and uh, we had our Freedom Conference. In case you don't know what Freedom is, our Freedom Groups uh, are really all about help, helping people break free from their past. You know, a lot of us, we get saved, but we live life trying to run through life with a parachute attached to our back. And it's our past, it's bondage, it's all those things. And so freedom groups help us to kind of process through those things biblically. And, uh, and it, it, it ends with a, a freedom conference at the end where we basically spend all day uh, hashing through different things, you know, whether it be forgiveness or, or learning how to get free and also live free. Right, it's not just a, a a momentary event; it's actually a journey that we're on. And so, we had an incredible day yesterday, and uh, I'm, I, I like to encourage people who've been through freedom before. You've been in a free, through a freedom conference to to come back through every now and then. Come back to a th- freedom conference. It's about about eight thirty all the way to about four, so it's an all day thing, but it's good. And so, uh, so anyway, we had a great time yesterday. I do want to give you a couple of updates. I know a lot of people have been asking, what is uh, kind of what's the plan with our kids ministry? We, uh, we opened up our zero through four-year-old ministry uh, a couple of months ago. 
and it's been going really well. And so we're looking to, okay, what does it look like for our five through eight-year-old and what does it look like for our nine through uh, 12-year-old ministry? And just to be honest with you, um, you know, we're in one service. We, we were in two services before COVID. And so there's a lot of people who are still kind of, you know, not really quite sure. And, and come on, y'all, let's just be honest. It's gonna be, there's gonna be spikes. There's gonna be seasons where people feel more comfortable than other times. And so we're just kind of, look, we're just surfing the wave, all right? That's just how it's gonna be. So our kids' ministries, what we're doing is we're, we're making sure that our zero through four-year-old ministry has enough volunteers to get really what we want is a three-week rotation. Right now we're in a two-week rotation and I believe we're getting close. I haven't got an update from that in a couple of weeks here, but I know that, that we're kind of building up that team. So some of our five through eight and even nine through 12 uh, ministries are sort of helping to, to offset that rotation. And so at the time, whenever we have enough volunteers you know, to actually sort of open up our five through eight, that's whenever we will do so. And by saying five through eight, you automatically know that nine through 12, <laughs> I have no idea. We'll just wait and see. You know what I'm saying? We may never go back to 9 through 12. I have no idea. But uh, we're just taking it kind of a, a month at a time right now. So I just want to let you know that in case maybe you're even watching online and you're kind of waiting for the 5 through 8. Uh, we, we're not really sure when that's going to happen. It's a great season to help your, your kids uh, know how to sit in a service for more than uh, 10 minutes, right? So it's a great season for that. But uh, how many of you guys, you, you kind of learn and kind of, right? Some of your younger kids, you probably are actually enjoying them being in service with you. Uh, you'd be surprised how much a seven-year-old picks up, right? I got some friends and their, their kids are like preaching the message to them when they get back home. So, uh, so I kind of like it. It's kind of enjoyable. But, but anyway, I want to give you a heads up on that. Also want to let you know that today is our Next Steps class. Uh, we do our Next Steps class once a month. Um, I will let you know that today's class is sort of going to be an abbreviated class because of the nature of the sermon today. What I'm teaching on is actually a portion of the Next Steps class. And so today would be a very efficient day to go to Next Steps because it's going to be shorter than normal, right? So, but anyway, uh, what it is, it's about a 30, 45 minute class where we want to help you know who we are, what we're doing and how you can be a part. And uh, so I'd love to meet you. I'd love to hang out with you for a few minutes and, and again, give you some Next Steps. You know, if, if maybe you've been kicking the tires for a while, I know a lot of people have come in even this, this COVID season and uh, a lot of you, I, I don't know you, so I'd love to meet you, but, uh, but you like what's going on, but, but man, I believe, and we're going to talk about it today, what the church is all about, but we are to, to, uh, to serve together, to do life together. And so Next Steps class is a great way, kind of a, an entry point to get into the life of Northwood Church. And so, uh, so immediately following this, this service, if you exit through these doors over here and take an immediate left or a left and then the left because that's the bathroom. But you want to take another left and you'll see our Next Steps class uh, down the hall. By the way, if you have kids in our kids ministry, they will be taken care of during, uh, during the class. And so you don't have to worry about that as well. So sound good? All right. All right. So what do you believe about the church? Uh, just to kind of catch everybody up to what we've been doing. Uh, we started a series months ago called What Do You Believe? And our heart was to really help um, young people and old people know why we believe what we believe. A lot of times we know what we believe, but we don't understand how we got there. Maybe you grew up in church and you heard a lot of different statements said over and over and over, but you didn't really get the building blocks of how you got there. And so, and maybe you grew up in a church too, where it was like, if you questioned anything, that you almost felt like you were an outsider. Maybe you felt like you were going to get shamed. You know, I remember going through a season in my life where I really was not really, I just wasn't sure if God existed. 
just really wasn't. But I felt like if I was to say something, and this wasn't really anybody's fault necessarily, but I just felt like if I was to say that, that that would be like unbelief and, and, and doubt and therefore I'm not saved, right? So I, there were certain questions I refrained from asking, but the thing is, is that those questions didn't go away. They actually got more pronounced in my, in my walk with God. And so as I got older, um, I, I kind of got to a point where I quit putting those questions aside and I embraced them and I began to, uh, to, to just, I guess, be humble enough to ask. And so honestly, what we want to do in this series is we want to do a couple different things. I want to help young people I wanna help you young people who have these big questions process through these questions to, uh, to, to, to let you know that this is a safe environment to ask those questions. In our Impact Student Ministry, there's been many, many conversations with, with young people about a lot of the things that we're, we're covering. I know with young adults, it's the same thing. You know, whenever you ask somebody, do you believe God exists? You know, there, there's a whole lot of other questions that come into play. And the, the problem is sometimes we say, do you believe in Jesus? Well, did you know that there's a bunch of other questions that somebody needs to work through to get to that place where they, for, for some people to even believe, does Jesus even exist? So anyway, we've been walking methodically through these, these topics. Month one was, what do you believe about God? No, month two was, what do you believe about Jesus? Month three was, what do you believe about the Holy Spirit? And now we're in the second week of the fourth month on what do you believe about the church? And this is the concluding month of this series. And so last week we talked about who we are, our identity as a church, that we are the family of God, we are the body of Christ, right? And, and it's so important that we think about the church as a family, not just some organization, not a corporation, not a club, right? None of those things uh, do justice to what the body of Christ is. We are a family. So in that we talked about order, we talked about leadership and submission and honor and all these wonderful things that, that should be operating in our families, but are not always operating in our families. And uh, we kind of tighten the shoelaces of what it means to be the church. But today we want to take the next step. We talked about who we are today. We want to talk about what we do. What do we do? Like, like, do you guys ever back away from, from what we are doing as a church and really just look at it? Like right now, we're all sitting in a big room together and there's one person on the stage who's saying a lot of words. <laughs> like, isn't that kind of funny? Does it just mean, do you think about things like that sometimes and it's kind of, kind of strange a little bit, you know? But, but if we don't understand the purpose of what we're doing, then, then things kind of lose their, their, uh, their meaning. And we learned a lot about that last week. I don't know about you, but by the time that we got done with the message last week, I felt a new, new uh, uh, camaraderie, a new familial um, uh, element to even our church. You can see why small groups matter so much, right? You can see why meeting together matters so much. That it's wonderful to hear the teaching of the word. It's wonderful to gather together and sing songs like we just did, where we worship together. It's not a show. It's literally the family of God coming together to lift up the name of Jesus. And so, so what do we do though? Like what, what's the purpose behind it? How do we do it? And remember, we talked and we said that uh, when it comes to what we do as a church, we have to start with theology. We have to start with what we know about God and we have to, to know Jesus. We have to understand the, Holy, understand the Holy Spirit in order to then move into the church, ecclesiology, the study of the church. 
And a lot of times when somebody says something about the church, the first thing that they go to is methodology. They go to how we do things. They go to whether it's a big building or whether it's a home or whether it's a small group or, or they just have all these different pictures of how the church methodologically carries out the mission. Today, we wanna to talk about the mission. We're not getting into methodology. We are, 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 over the next couple of weeks, gonna cover a couple of things when it comes to how we do things. But I'm more concerned with us understanding why we do things and understanding the mission behind why we're here and what we're, what we're doing. And so really excited about today. So let's go ahead and jump in. Week two, what is the mission of the church? This is really a conversation about missiology. So the mission of the church is a charge given to us in the Bible through the great commandment and the great commission. I think all of us in this room probably at some point or another have heard the scriptures that we're about to read, the great commandment and the great commission. The first is the great commandment. And basically what's going on is you've got Pharisees again trying to trap Jesus. They're trying to get him to say something wrong so they can arrest him. And he just had these groups of people that followed him around all the time. But in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, it says this. Teacher, talking to Jesus, which is the great commandment in the law? Now, can you imagine somebody asking it like this? Teacher, everybody's, you know, kind of leaning in. Which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he was saying this to trap Jesus. And of course, Jesus being a, a scholar, uh, he, he knew exactly how to respond, which you ought to read the Bible uh, sometimes just to even see how Jesus would ask the one question that would diffuse the, the question. Uh, later on in this chapter, you'll actually see after he answers, uh, it says that they no longer asked him any more questions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the debate was done. Jesus won, okay? But, uh, but what he's about to say is a combination of two different scriptures in Deuteronomy and in Leviticus, and it kind of it summarizes the requirements of God's law. He says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Speaking of loyalty and, and full devotion to God, this is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Basically, you can hang the Ten Commandments, you can hang the, the, the spirit of the law upon these two thoughts. Love God, love people. Love God with all that you are, full devotion, and love your neighbor. Now, whenever we talk about loving God, a lot of people take that, and it's a very surface level, and there's not a lot of devotion to it. It's more of a lip service. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about with all of your effort that you would love God. And then he says, love your neighbor. And a lot of times we can get away with, with kind of masking how we love God, but, but let me tell you, it's hard to mask how you love people. And when he says neighbor, he's not talking about just your friends. He's talking about your friends and your enemies, right? Those people that you like to hang out with, those people that you call up on Friday night, hey man, let's get together. And those people that you unfollowed on Facebook this week, like all of them, right? like loving them. Last night we had a conversation. Uh, I asked Aria, I said, what do you think it means to love? And, uh, and her response was caring. I was like, that's good. That's good. And we, we kind of broke it open and started talking about 1 Corinthians 13 a little bit. And because I said, one of the main components of love is, is it's unconditional, and of course, I had to explain that a little bit. We had a little conversation about it. But, but unconditional love. And as believers, we are called to live with an unconditional love for people, not just friends, but enemies too. 
And I think that's where we get tested. But this is the first thing that the church, it's a charge to the church, to the body of Christ to do. The second thing is the great commission. Matthew 28 says this, therefore, Jesus is saying this, go and make disciples, followers, students of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So go make disciples, baptize, teach. This is the great commission that Jesus is giving his disciples to go and do. And this mission is still what is fueling and prioritizing the mission of the church today. But a lot of churches have a lot of different ways of accomplishing this or wording this. And a lot, of, a lot of different ways of focusing on this. And I, and I think that it's actually a good thing that there's a lot of different churches. All right, sometimes it's like, man, wouldn't it be great if there was just one church, just the church of Gulfport or the church of Biloxi or whatever. And there's a component of that, obviously, that I think would be wonderful. But I think there's also a lot of different people. There's a lot of different callings. There's a lot of different giftings. And I think there's, there should be a lot of different communities, you know, and now I don't think that we should be at odds with one another and hate one another. I think that would go against the great commandment, right? But there's going to be different ways of accomplishing the great commission and the great commandment. And so what I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes is what is the mission here of our church? What's the mission of Northwood Church? And today I actually want to say some things that are, are different. We're, we're kind of making some tweaks to our focus here at Northwood Church. So if this is your first time here, you kind of chose a great day to come. If you've been here a thousand times, um, I would hope that by the time that we leave today, you have a little bit de- uh, better focus on, on my heart for this church, on all of the pastors, what we, what we see God leading us to do as a church. And so this is how we're going to word our mission statement. Our mission is to build Christ-centered communities that help people to know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit until Jesus returns. This is the mission of Northwood Church. For many years, we've said that our mission is to help people know God, and that's absolutely true. But we've known for a long time that there was a lot more to it than just that And the thing about a mission statement is that it organizes and it prioritizes all that you do. I know a lot of you and your families, you have like maybe a a statement that you say, right? Many of you might have went through family ID a couple of years ago, whenever we did our our macro groups here at the church. And one of the things that they said is, is create a mission statement, like a vision for your family that you could kind of rally around and... um, I know some people that made a mission statement and probably you haven't said it since then. Um, (laughs) You're not laughing because it's probably true, right? (laughs) This is what we're gonna do, it's gonna be great and it it just falls through the cracks. But, But one thing about having a mission statement is I'm telling you guys, it organizes the way that you prioritize your life. It organizes your days, it organizes what you do, what you don't do, what you say yes to, what you say no to. That's what this does. And this right here is what organizes our thinking here at Northwood Church. And I wanna break down each of these things to help you understand them a little bit better. Also, I wanna let you know again that we're not gonna be getting into the weeds of of method method and, and how we accomplish some of these things, but we're talking about the heart behind it. The first thing we said is we build Christ-centered communities, Christ-centered communities, gatherings. Last week, we talked about the church, right? The church are people who are in Christ, who are, are aligned around the person and the work of Jesus Christ. We are not an interest-based club. What I mean by that is we don't hang out with one another because we all like, like the same type of food, 
okay? We don't like the same sports, obviously. You know, we, we, we're, we're splintered in a lot of those things, but what are we centered around? Jesus. That's who brings us together, the person and the work of Jesus. And so we want to build community around that. We're gonna take some scriptures out of Ephesians 4. And this is what he says. Paul says, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Now, last, last month, we talked about building the body of Christ when we talked about the Holy Spirit. Last week, we also talked about what it looks like to, to be the church and our identity as the body of Christ. But here, this word build, there's two words that stand out to me, work and build. Work and build, the work of the ministry. I think that overall, the body of Christ in a lot of ways has fallen into this consumeristic mindset about what it means to be the body of Christ. Part of it started with the separation when it comes to laity and clergy where there was people that were set apart to do all of the work, right? To, 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 to lay their life down and then the rest of the people would just kind of go about their daily life. And, and it's like, there's so many people that think that the pastor is supposed to do everything. Everything. Like every person that gets sick, every single person that dies, every single person that has a financial difficulty, every single marriage, every, anything that's going on that they should be able to call the pastor and guess who's gonna show up on the front doorstep in about 30 minutes or less. Come on, if you've been in those environments, you know. And if the pastor doesn't do that, that something's wrong with him. And he's not doing his priestly duties, you know? There's a Nacho reference right there in case you didn't catch it. Um, right, there's this, there's this stigma put, and what that does is then it, it separates the body of, it almost makes the pastor the head of the church. We are the body of Christ, right? And guess what? The work of ministry is for all of us. We are equipped to go and do and be the church and build, but it takes work, y'all. It takes work. Leading a small group takes work. Reaching out to people, whenever you know they're going through a tough time, it takes work, it takes sacrifice to build the body of Christ. And that is a component that's never gonna be done away with. This scripture is never gonna go away, right? We are to do the work of the ministry. It takes a lot of prioritization, a lot of organizing, a lot of, uh, a lot of planning, but we together are doing the work of the ministry. And I think it's something important that we should realize and know and accept that we build the body of Christ. Do you believe that? Come on, do you believe that you as a saint are to work and build the body of Christ? If you don't, let today challenge you in that area. This is a good thing to show up and for us to gather together, but this is not the end. We build the body of Christ by doing this next thing, by helping people know God, by helping people know God. This speaks of salvation. We believe that every single person needs to have a moment where they encounter the king, where they encounter Jesus in a life-changing way. The thing about that is that we cannot force that. Okay, if you think that you can force somebody to get saved, you're barking up the wrong tree. You can help, you can pray, you can serve, but you can't make somebody know God, right? But as a church, we want to help people 
know God, to help people know God. First Timothy 2 says this, it says, God, our Savior, wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Again, this is the heart behind this series, is to help people uh, uh, understand who God is, understand what Jesus has done for them, to come to knowledge of the truth. That's the heart behind this church. We want to help you if you're, if you're a skeptic, if you're a cynical type person, help you cross some bridges, right? Help you work through some thoughts, through some ideas, so that you can know God. We wanna help you in that process. We believe that the lost need to be saved. And we also believe this, that salvation is not just an event, it's a journey. For some people, again, it's this, this thought process of, okay, now that I've said the right thing and I've said the prayer, and now I can say that, you know, I got that stamp on me, I am saved, and they just kind of go about life. Salvation is an event. There's a moment. And I believe many of you, you could look back to a moment or a series of moments and say, man, this is really whenever I met Jesus. But if you've been serving God for any amount of time, you know that there's a lot of different seasons. Why? You're on a journey. You're on a journey. And so not every day is, is you know, rainbows and unicorns. Some days are bad. But you hold fast. To, those, to what Jesus has done in your life. And, and so we want to help people to be saved, to help them continue to be saved, and then one day all of us will be saved, right? We're saved, we're being saved, and one day we will be saved. It's this ongoing process. And so we not only wanna help people know God, but we will also wanna help people grow in Christ. And this really speaks of discipleship. Speaks of discipleship. Every church, again, is, is seeking to accomplish the mission in some way, shape, or form. But every single person needs to be saved, but they need to be discipled. They need to be discipled. And, and honestly, guys, this is where a lot of serving and work comes in in our own life to continue to be disciples of Jesus and also to disciple other people. He says, go and baptize and teach Baptize and teach. Go and serve. Get out of your comfort zone and, and go and serve people and teach people. It takes work, right? It takes a lot of work. But this is what we're called and mandated to do. We want to help people grow in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 says this. Until, which speaks of this perpetual nature of this mission, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. We, as individuals, need to grow in Christ, and we also want to help others grow in Christ. It says a few things here that we wouldn't be uh, like children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. Why do you need to be grounded in your faith? Why do you need to be growing in Christ? Because there is a bunch of different winds of doctrine that keep coming down the chute. Every season brings with it a, like this new definition of who Jesus is and what Jesus came to accomplish. A new way of looking at scripture 
We're in a season right now of deconstruction in our nation, and I don't just mean politically. I mean, actually, more importantly for me, it's religiously. There's so many people who are coming against the word of God. You're going to see it more and more and more. Obviously, it's, there's prayer, and there's a whole, many, a whole plethora of things that are happening, but it, it's, it's a new way of looking. There's a lot of Gnosticism in our culture now, uh, hidden knowledge and a different way of looking at things. And what happens is it starts veering away from the doctrine that we plant our feet upon. And then you're lost. You're in the fog of humanistic thinking. What, what combats that? Knowing what the word of God says, being in a community that, that community that holds fast to those teachings and is not wavering because there's going to be a whole lot of stuff that just keeps coming. This is what I, say, I see Paul saying right here. He's like, man, let's not be like little kids. A new shiny thing that comes, comes and I get totally distracted from truth. We've got to hold fast to these things. Amen. Colossians 1.28 says, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. My prayer for you is that you would continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus, that you would not just stop at no, right, but that you would continue to grow, that you would continue in your discipleship as an individual, but that you would also realize that part of your discipleship is to disciple other people. Does that make sense? This is how this, the, the, the body of Christ continues to grow. So we help people know God, we help people grow in Christ, and we help people go in the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter one, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This really leans into going and serving and evangelizing. One thing about the day and age that we live in right now is there's actually a, a tendency for us to feel that evangelizing, going out and sharing our faith with other people can be offensive. And so therefore, we shouldn't go. A lot of young people, you're gonna hear this constantly, that I don't wanna push my faith on anyone, right? Like, I don't, wanna, I don't wanna pressure anyone. I just, like, you know, they'll just see the way that I live. And there's a lot of truth with how the way that you live, obviously. But there has to be this, this thing inside of you that says, I am a witness. I am to live and to speak and to teach and to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says, I'm gonna go to, it says we are gonna go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the world. And for these people at this time, it meant specific areas, all right? Most of us in this room probably haven't gone to Jerusalem, so it's not really applicable to us. But what does this mean for us? It means that we go to those that we're close to. It means we go to those that we're not very close to, the friends, the enemies, right? And to the ends of the earth. And that's such a perpetual, again, a perpetual mission that we are on to go, to go in the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about it with the Great Commission, but it's this thought of this kingdom that we're in is built on the fact that we go. Did you know that? That the kingdom of God is built as you go. That's how it's built. How do you think, what, what, what do you think God's plan was? He's telling us his plan. 
His plan is not just to put the weight on just a chosen few, just a couple of people. The weight of ministry, the weight of going, the responsibility is on all of us to go, to be witnesses. Now, one thing I do want to bring some clarity to is that whenever we say go and whenever we say anything like mission, it always for a lot of people, starts outside, if we're talking about the church, it starts outside the church. And although going does have that obvious nature of going, I think that we've got to start with realizing that, like, like look to your right and your left right now. Just kind of take a, like a gander. You know, some of the people you know, your family, your friends, some people, you're like, I don't know who you are, but you smell really weird and... <laughs> can't wait till this wraps up, right? So there's a plethora of things going on, but I want you to know something that your first circle that you go to are the people around you, your family and your friends, your church community. Did you know that? Did you realize that? Like we are sent to build one another up in Christ, to go to one another. When a hurricane hits, did you know that you're called to go to one another? <laughs> Get that tree off their house, you know? We only died two or th- almost died two or three times. You know, it was close. It was close, but we made it. But, but you go to those around you. Your small group, did you know that you're called to go to them, to serve them, to love them? Sometimes we overlook the people that are closest to us. A lot of people are so wrapped up in, in accomplishing ministry outside the, the walls of their house that they forget that they're supposed to accomplish ministry inside the walls of their house, Right? Go, go, go at the expense of their family. That's not what we're called to do. And as a church, it's very similar. Like we have to remain healthy. We have to remain united. There has to be a familial understanding of what we are doing together. But it's not supposed to just stay there. How weird would it be if you raised up your kids and they're 45 years old and still living at your house? If you're 45 years old and living at your parents' house, my bad, all right, you know? My only question is, do you have a plan? Okay, if you have a plan, you're good to go. All right, you just haven't settled in. (laughs) But it would be weird, why? Because we are supposed to raise up our kids and send them out. I think in the church, there's a whole lot of 50-year-old kids hanging out in the church, waiting for somebody else to do the work of the ministry whenever God is pointing his finger at you and saying, no, 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 you. I'm calling you to go. I'm calling you. Look, hey, at this church, we do small groups. I want to give you an example. We do small groups. Did you know that it takes a lot of sacrifice and commitment to lead a small group? It does. But do you know how necessary small groups are in the life of this church? It's not something we do on the side. It is the lifeblood of Northwood Church. So some of you, God has done incredible things in your life. He's built you up. You, you are, you're 50 years old in the faith. And God's asking you through the face of me right now to step up and to lead, to lead people, to disciple people because it's necessary. There's an entire generation of people who are coming to faith in this church And they need somebody to step up and lead them just like somebody stepped up for you and led you. That's right. And if that makes you uncomfortable, yes, (laughs) 
That's the point. This isn't to like discourage. This is to admonish and, and, and lift up your eyes outside of all the things that you have going on. I have a lot of things going on too. But find your place on the wall of, in the church and begin to work. Begin to serve. Begin to go. It might not be small groups. I just use it as an example. Whatever it is, though, how am I building up the family of God here at Northwood Church? Again, I'm speaking to, to Northwood Church, okay? So... We want to help people know God, grow in Christ, and go in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think this next thing, as we close, is uh, sort of where we, we might not like this part. Because as people, we are really committed in short bursts, short bursts of time. Like, dude, give me something to do for six months, and I will crush it. Give me something to do for a year, I'm going to try really hard to crush it. Tell me I have to do something for the next 10 years. I'm not signing the dotted line, okay? Like, I'm not, I'm not signing that contract. Like, no, because I want to keep my options open, right? I, I want to keep my options open. I don't want to go too deep into something because then it's, it's hard to get out of it. I might need to pivot, right? <laughs> There's nothing in the word of God that speaks to the church in a way that has anything less than 100% attached to it. Nothing. Matter of fact, the Bible says that if we aren't committed unto death, that we aren't worthy of the call of God upon our life. And I don't know about you, but whenever we talk about what we're talking about right now, what the mission of the church is, for us, I'm not really worried about death. In a lot of other parts of our, of our world, that's a liter- they read that, and that's literally what they're facing today. Death, imprisonment. For us, it comes to time, right? Our life being filled with a lot of things that begins to squeeze out the mission of God for us as people. And we've got to do better at balancing all of these things, balancing our life, prioritizing God where he's supposed to be, but also prioritizing the mission that God has us on. And the mission that he's given us is the great commission, the great commandment to love God, to love people, and to go and make disciples. There's a lot of different ways to do that. But here at this church, we want to be committed to that. How long? Well, we continue until Christ returns. Either this heart right here stops beating or Jesus comes on a white horse through the clouds. I don't know what that's going to look like either. But either way, like, that's the finish line. For all of us, that's the finish line. And your walk with God in regards to this mission that we're talking about, that's the finish line. Are there seasons? Are there ups and downs? Absolutely. I think we get that. But that's the type of commitment that we're called to, to build Christ-centered communities, to help people know, grow, and go until Jesus comes back. That's what we're doing. And I want to encourage you to continue in this mission here at this church. Again, if this isn't the church for you, no problem. But I will say this, I believe that we're called to do life in the context of relationships in the body of Christ as the church. Remember, I am not the church by myself. We are the church together. It's collective, okay? Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for today.
We thank you that you have helped us as individuals to know you, to come into a relationship with you. God, that you've helped us to grow in our understanding and our commitment to who you are. God, that you're stirring our hearts to continue to go, to go to the people around us, to our family, to our friends, to stay on mission. And Father, I'm praying that for all of us, you would give us the grace that we need to continue to go forward until we take our last breath or you come back. In this place today, watching online, I know that there's some of you who might be in a place where this first step of knowing God is not a reality in your life. You, you feel like God is this distant being who, who may or may not exist and you're really not sure. And you would know that I don't have a relationship with this God. When I read the Bible, it's like a mystery. I'm, I'm just, I feel totally disconnected from who Jesus is. Well, I want to encourage you today, today that the, the first step is surrender. The first step is saying, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross for my sin and my shame, paid the price for it so that I could walk out this relationship in his grace, by faith, having confidence that I am made righteous before God because of what Jesus has done, not what I can do. And right now, if you're in that place and you feel like God's drawing you, I simply wanna pray. You could repeat the prayer after me or you can pray your own prayer. This is about you connecting with your God. Just say, Lord, here I am. I surrender all that I am to you. God, all the things that I want people to know about and all the things that I keep hidden, right now I lay all of them at your feet and I surrender all that I am. I thank you for Jesus dying on the cross for my sin, for my shame, so that I could have eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanna pray here in a moment, one last time over all of us. And the things that we talked about today are very close to my heart, very close to the, really the DNA here at Northwood Church. And this is what we wanna to continue to do. And for a lot of you, today might've felt like a, sort of like just a reminder. For others of you, you might've heard it a different way. But altogether, we are a group, we're a collective, we're the family of God. And there needs to be unity and honor one to another in order to, to step into this new season as a church and take more ground for the kingdom of God. So I wanna to pray together as a family over all of us, wherever we're at, whatever we're wrestling with, maybe for some of you, I kinda of, meddled a little bit in some of your plans, right? And, and maybe you're kinda of like, okay, I gotta reorganize some stuff. Maybe for some of you, you're just, there's other things that you're struggling with with what we're talking about. And I just wanna pray that the Holy Spirit would bring us together, unite us and set us on the right path together. So Father, we love you. We thank you that you have called us out of darkness into light. God, that you've redeemed us, you've restored the broken places in our lives. And God, as, as your family, 
God, I'm asking that you would continue to build us together, to bring us together in unity of vision and mission and heart. God, that we as Northwood Church would be moving in the same direction, Lord. God, we wanna continue to make an impact in South Mississippi. God, that people who are far from you would draw near to you. God, that we would be a part of building up the body of Christ to help people in these three areas to know, go, and grow. God, we love you. We thank you for the mission that you've given to us. And today we say yes. We say yes to the call upon our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Come on, Tom. All right, thanks, Pastor Jordan. Oh, am I on? There we are. There we are. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Hey, my name is Tom. I'm the assistant pastor here at the Gulfport campus. And, you know, that, I, I, I love stuff like this where, you know, I get really excited about mission. Words like mission. It just gives you that little extra oomph to get through the, like, the what do I do? And that's what this is all about, guys. And, and this, is, this is our mission. It's exciting. And for some of you, maybe you're new here to Northwood. Maybe you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Jordan, and it's like... Man, I want to be part of the family of God, and you're getting that set straight today. And I want to say, if you, that was you, congratulations, first and foremost. Second, what I want to say is I want to connect with you. I don't want to leave you just out there on your own, just trying to figure out what to do next, okay? So here's what we got. All right, in the seat pocket in front of you, we've got a Next Steps card. Um, if you're new with us today, or maybe you just prayed that prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, grab that card, fill it out really quick. Then what you can do is just drop it off right at our Next Steps area. It's a blue banner in the back. We've got a couple of friendly faces back there that want to say hey, that want to congratulate you, and, um, and uh, maybe answer some questions that you, you have today about the church. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get these cards on my desk here in a couple days, and I want to reach out to you and, and help you take your next step at Northwood or your next step in your journey with Jesus Christ. Um, hey guys, uh, Northwood Church is able to do our mission not just through faithful service, but through faithful giving. Okay, it takes money to move the mission forward. And we want to thank you as a staff. Thank you for your faithful giving. There's two ways to do that. And I'm just, right now I'm speaking to Northwood Church family. So if you're new with us, this is not an obligation for you. So, But uh, continue to be faithful in that, guys. And we're, and we're thankful for it. Um, there's something coming up here. Some of you, when Pastor Jordan's talking about going and, and serving, and you're like, man, I, I would love to do something. Um, what could I do? Well, here's a little easy next step, okay? Just a little easy next step for you. In about three weeks, we're going to be involved in, uh, with something called Camping for Hope. Some of you have been involved with this in the past. We've been, uh, we've been supporting this ministry here on the coast for quite a few years now. And basically what it is, is we go out uh, on a, 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 the, usually the first weekend of December, and we just bless people in our community who are homeless. Um, we feed them, we give them uh, supplies, we pray over them and minister to them. And it's just a great, great time. So here's what we ask you to do. All right. It's going to take two things. It's going to take you putting a reminder on your phone or putting something in your calendar so you can actually follow through. And two, it's going to take a little bit of cash. All right. What we're asking you to do is we're going to start collecting supplies to give to the homeless in our community that weekend. So you can go out, buy stuff like uh, two-person, four-person tents, like something that someone can get in with their supplies and, and get some shelter from the weather. Sleeping bags, um, those little propane tanks you can buy at Walmart or Academy. Um, I, I have a little thing that actually I just used when we lost power from the hurricane. It's a little thing found on Amazon. It's a little camp stove about this big. 
Okay, and it's big enough to put a little pot or a pan on it, boil some water, make some soup, you know, make some bacon or eggs with a little a camp uh, pan or something like that. Get creative, guys. Think about what you would need if you didn't have power or you were kind of out in the weather, all right? And bring those supplies. We're going to collect them right in the back of this room. There's a missions banner in the back there for the next two weeks only, okay? So that's why I say you got to put a reminder in your phone because you got the next two Sundays, bring in the supplies, pile them in the back there. Um, if you can't do it on a Sunday, you can even drop them off at the office during normal business hours and I'll make sure they get back there. Sound good? All right, there's a little step for you guys. We're going to start serving some people in our community in that way. So that's all I got for you. If you're staying for the Next Steps class, right out this door, hang a left and I'll be over there with Pastor Jordan. You guys have a great week. See ya.